that time's yours. It's kind of hilarious because the final score, well, the final score was, if I dare say, Nate Taylor, final score was predictable if you're a certain level of intelligent, observant gentleman. I mean, that's just that's just what it was. 27-17. Who couldn't have seen that score coming? Right. But the actual way that the Chiefs and Jags got, got there. Got there, yeah. Ugh. It was a weird game at the coin toss. <laughs> <laughs> really didn't relinquish much, at least until later on. The Chiefs beat the Jags. Nate and I are going to go ahead and just, just fully separate our rotator cuffs, just patting ourselves on the back because we got a total random. We both had Harrison Bucker missing an extra point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we totally nailed that. Kadarius Tony touchdown. Yeah, MBS first Chiefs. Yeah, man, why not? Who didn't have those coming? Uh, obviously, this game took a winding road to the result where it ended up. But ultimately, I think we saw some of the things we wanted to see from the Chiefs against the Jags. And we may have seen a couple things that, I don't know, weren't exactly what we were expecting. That will be the topic of conversation here on this edition of Times Ours. Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, Seth Kaiser. You guys both in attendance for the game. Seth making the trip down from the Great White North. Fellas, and you know what? Seth, why don't you start us off with uh, with, with how your uh, your trip to Arrowhead again this week was? It was fantastic. Um, people at Arrowhead are always great to chat with. Um, got to bring my daughter, Isabel, to her first game. Just a um, hoot. Yeah, oh, it was so much fun. I did not anticipate the the bull pucky chant being a big part of my day. <laughs> well and, exp- and that that was a bit of a bummer. I was like, hey Isabel, why don't I just cover your ears? Why no one's yelling? Oh, oh, what they say? So I don't know. Funny. She's such a she's such an adorable, sweet uh young girl that yeah, these are these are the thoughts that I don't have as a father when trying to like persuade my wife to let our son, you know, attend football games. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, on the, but on hey, the plus but this side, is, Seth. Hey, but this is your off day, people. I mean, by by all means, like <laughs> continue drinking, continue doing abhorrent behavior because you're not working today. But also, it's a new kickoff against Jacksonville, dog. But you right, you right. You got to be ready with the bull hockey at, at a noon game kickoff. That's yep. important. But and on like, the other side, but, Seth, but, at least we found out that Isabel has a great taste in comedy. Okay. Oh, for I sure. For sure. Up. I mean, her favorite yeah. comedian, Joshua Briscoe. Oh. Uh, and, and look, <laughs> look, like, here's, here, here's a level of criticism to NFL referee. See, I got to go four layers deep because you can't get a single call right, which forces the crowd to say abhorrent things <laughs> this teaches my child not to say those things exactly. but i also have to explain to the said child i guess you can do that if you're an adult and yeah. something is done wrong to your favorite team and you're not being supervised for anybody from your employer yeah exactly so i i i basically i blame it all on the refs she she asked me why people were so mad because it was obvious <laughs> and i said well you, you see that guy laying on the ground? Well, you're not supposed to hit people with your own helmet in the mm-hmm. helmet. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, did someone do that? Is he going to get in trouble? And I said, apparently not. And, and look, bang, bang plays. I get it. This stuff happens. But that that's – I could people were upset. And there's a reason – and there's a there's a reason why because I get mad at some of the defenseless receiver calls because like what's a defender supposed to do? Mm-hmm. 
And and I get the juju because of the way he was moving his head lowered, but the dude led with his head. Like it's not like when Thornhill got penalized in the back of the end zone, I think against the Bucks, yes. he like turned his head away and mm-hmm. hit with his shoulder. And that's what you have to do as a defender. Is it easy for a defender? No. Does it result in giving up more big plays? Yes. But does it also mean you see fewer times where a tough dude like Juju Smith-Schuster is crumpled on the ground, clearly unconscious with his hands stiff because mm-hmm. he's taking a head-to-head shot? Yes. That's why they're trying to get it out of the game because that's a big deal. And we know that. And so, I mean, as the refs, like, especially I saw the presser questions afterwards where it's like, well, the receiver was in a defensive posture, but I'm like, that's, that's the call. Like, that's what it's called. And I, so I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't acknowledge, and this is in the poor report. Um, I guess they, I mean, I guess you can, cause they did, but they acknowledged that he was a defenseless receiver while also acknowledging, yeah, we thought it was more shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, it's like y'all didn't. And let me tell you, if they believed that, it's because they did not look at the the big screen in Arrowhead one time for five straight minutes because the, 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 the operator replayed that in slow motion like a million times. And every time the crowd got madder and madder and madder because you can see it. It's so obvious the head arrived first. And so like to say like, ah, oh, we thought he led with the shoulder. It's like, uh-huh. But there was a giant screen. Like, all you had to do was look up, dude. And so that, I, can see people, I can see why people are frustrated, which isn't what I expected to lead with. But that said, yes, my, my daughter Isabel is displaying already at the young age of nine a shockingly poor judgment <laughs> in what people she thinks are funny. So just to give people context, so we all got together as a family at, at Meet Mitch's place, which eat there, get the womp fries. Good God have mercy. Or the womp, what are they called? The, the, the. It was a meat tower. The I, meat I, I, tower. I, 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 Steph, I the, the, the meat tower. I think I remember is the phrase meat tower. A grilled the meat cheese tower with burnt ends inside of it. Oh, man, the pulled pork was terrific. The, 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 the so loaded baked potato. Oh, that was so I'm mean, all of it. It really is. But they're they're the, the something cheese fries. I can't remember what they called the appetizer. With, they got the womp sauce. The, the, the it just it was awesome. So anyway, just walk in and open your mouth and just like hold out some. Yeah, just fine. wait for them to conveyor belt. Um, as we're 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 all eating together and we're doing our usual thing. We're laughing. We're joking. We're having fun. And my daughter Isabel turns to just you should be a comedian. And then the rest of the time kept trying to like show you things on the tablet. Like, yeah. oh, look at this game I'm playing. And you were very gracious with, about her time. And I appreciate that. Also, I'm never letting her talk to any guys for the next 10 years. Yeah, that seems, that, seems about, that seems about fair. She, uh, Yeah, thank you, Nate. See, Nate gets seems, it. Like, seems, seems significant. This, this and, seems and, like a proportionate and, and appropriate. response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This seems significant and yet. Totally yeah. appropriate. Yeah, this is how we do things. So <laughs> it was great. Arrowhead was great. Um, yeah. it, it was a fun game. Couldn't have enjoyed it more. Got to bring Jazz with me for the first time in a while. Um, and now she's like, no, I'm thinking club levels. We're going to sit from now on. I'm like, I'm not that kind of lawyer. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what she thinks. There's a lot of interfamily drama coming out of this trip for the yeah. Kaiser household. And frankly, yep. I'm I'm worried about it. <laughs> but but the, no, it was it was a great game. A lot of fun. Yeah, the the look on my face when I explained to Holly, like, well, you know, because it's a noon kick, this is actually great for the Kaiser family because they can drive home while there's still sun out. <laughs> and she was like, they they drive they're driving home now, and I was like, 
I was like, yes, darling, this is what they do. This is, you know, the pilgrimage, as they say. This is the life of, a, as you might say, Arrowhead. MN Chiefs fan. Yeah, from, to and from Arrowhead, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So yes. the dedication, as they say, <laughs> is is real. I, I was a little tired. And, you know, sometimes you got to sometimes you got to get home at 2.33 in the morning and then get up at 6 or 7 and write about Kadarius Tony. Sometimes you got to do that. Well, and, Nate, I think the least we can do is start with the Tony thing for Seth's sake, because <laughs> frankly, obviously he did it. It's out there. The review is great. And then chiefsfan.substack.com. But also, I'm afraid that that Seth might just turn into snoring noises by the halfway point of this episode. So um, <laughs> let's let's start with Canarius Tony. And frankly, it's where I wanted to start. You guys mentioned the juju thing. There's a lot of talk around all that. I don't know. Frankly, I just don't think there's that much more to say because I think we've Look, covered it. Because that bad, was. Yeah, it's a bad play. And don't expect him to be playing on Sunday against the Chargers. Like, yeah. that would be yep. um, irresponsible by the NFL, which we've already seen occur earlier this season. So. Everybody stay safe out there, um, which yep. means, you know, like Brian Cook had a um, a concussion in the Raiders game late in that game, and he missed a week and then came back. Um, that yeah. is the best possible scenario for Juju Smith-Schuster and most NFL veterans who are entering the concussion protocol during a game. That is the same sort of uh, outcome projection, I guess you could say, is probably a better word, for Chris Lammons, the special teams ace for the mm-hmm. Chiefs who, who suffered or uh, who, who entered the concussion protocol, although we are led to believe that he suffered one as well, mm-hmm. um, in punk coverage earlier in the game, like right before Juju's uh, injury as well. So, um, yeah, you know, just be responsible. And um, the thing, that, I guess here's the last thing I'll add about this, Josh. I asked Justin Reed, who I have just found to be gracious and honest in his time uh, since he's been with the team, um, and I just said, Hey, you play the same position. Is that preventative? Is what occurred on the field preventative? And he was like, yes, look at my record. I've been on the league. I've been in the league five years now. I've had plenty of big hits. It's never been helmet to helmet dog. So Good he disagreed him. with, he disagreed with the call and said, uh, yeah, we were pissed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no more questions. Justin Reed. Yeah. Well, I, I did appreciate like, and he said it without, and I Mahomes, I know talked about it at length after the game too, and they did it without being overly condemning of the player. Now, I do think. Uh, let me just say, because Mahomes said it wasn't a dirty hit. Yeah, which I don't agree with. Given that the same dude tried to take MVS's head off a few minutes later, I mean, maybe, and I get it. You're I, flying around, blah blah blah. I, I, I mean, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to the defender in that spot frequently i'm honestly willing to give it there it also has to be a penalty because it is helmet to helmet contact and you're worried about that dude's brain on the ground so that's i'm 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 willing to lean towards that side of i it's every football happens so fast man yep you're gonna say something else seth i I cut you oh no i just it, it that really is it football happens fast and it would be easy for us to focus on this all day the chiefs did a nice job kind of dealing with it basically saying Mahomes' point was, I'm not saying it was a dirty hit, but the rules are written the way they are to get those kinds of hits out of our game. And there's a reason for that. And I think that says it really well. And I think Justin Reed, who again, Justin Reed has made some big hits. He's lit some dudes up. And to be able to say, check my record, I've never done something like that. Like, 
that lets you know that, you know, at the very least, it was reckless. Yes. And and I understand that that defensive players, especially safeties, are put in an impossible position because you got to be somewhat reckless. Like, you know, if you're a safety, you're a dude that weighs 210 pounds. And sometimes they're like, hey, go tackle Travis Kelsey. Okay. Like, you know, like you have to be a little reckless. But, you know, that this is the game because we understand more. But anyway, I, I, I. So I assume because Hardman's probably going to be out too, right? Um, we'll have probably more information in the next episode. Um, I think they. Okay, this is my best uh, understanding of it all. But you know, if this was a playoff game, could McCall Hardman play? I always love that sort of caveat. Like, if it was a playoff game, like maybe, maybe he could have been out there. Um. I think he was held for sort of precaution towards the remainder of the season, not just Sunday's mm-hmm. game against Jacksonville. Um, so there's a, you know, I guess there's a chance he could play against the Chargers on Sunday night. Um, but we'll obviously know more, you know, when the team really does like it's, it's practice. I think, by the way, moving forward, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, Carlos Dunlap said this yesterday, um, and, and we should tell, we should inform fans moving forward. The most important practice every week, for the remainder of the season, is Thursday. Oh. Wednesday is mostly, you good? All right. Let's look at kind of the game plan. Let's kind of see some situational stuff. Hey, if we want to try something new, we might run through it at a maybe whatever the next pace is beyond walkthrough levels. But, like, the first, like, legitimate practice is Thursdays now uh, because Andy is trying to, you know, project ahead for the rest of the season. Um, they're not going to be in pads a ton in practice now. Like we're basing Christmas time or excuse me, Thanksgiving time. Um, and you can anticipate obviously a postseason run. So you, you know, you're probably going to play an additional game, if not more than some other teams. Um, and I thought Carlos did a great job of saying like Andy gave us our legs back by not having us do a ton on Wednesday, even though we were on the field, but much of the work was Thursday, and then you clean up some situational stuff third down red zone. Yeah, hey, you know, I don't know if they go over fourth. I think they go over fourth down stuff on Thursday and Friday, if my memory's correct. Um, and and then you know, if you're good Friday, obviously you play. You know, same thing would happen with Jerry Snead. Like he was limited Thursday, but he practiced Friday, so he was fine. But Thursday is the most important practice. So I think. In terms of McCole Hartman and most guys coming off injury, and this goes for like even Frank Clark, who will have to come and sort of acclimate himself back after coming from a two game suspension. Like if he practices in his full Thursday, that is that bodes well for their participation in Sunday's game. Okay. Um, this is also not Kadarius Tony related, but you guys, uh, you guys think it's interesting that Chiefs put in a waiver claim on Jerry Tillery? Uh, Schefter tweeted out just a little bit ago yeah, as we I were doing that. the show. Raiders, uh, Lions, Panthers, Colts, Niners, Jets, Giants, and Chiefs put in waiver claims for uh, former Chargers first round pick Jerry Tillery. Anything to that, that that makes your your ears perk up at all? He a big body, kick the tires. Yep. Yeah, he's a and Tillery when he came out, um, I, I knew a little about him. I remember watching him as a rookie, and I was pretty impressed. Um, he was kind of one of those guys with the high level functional strength, but moves pretty well too. Like, I mean, he looked like he kind of had a little bit of Chris Jones light in him, just the way he was built and the way he played. Um, but you know, obviously someone getting released and that kind of stuff that, you know, it makes you wonder, 
But mm-hmm. I, I, I would have been shocked if they didn't put in a claim considering, you know, with Wharton out for the rest of the season and that kind of stuff. I just don't think it sounds a lot like Brett Veach to try to go get a former first-round pick that a team has moved on from. Anyway, can we talk about Kadarius Toney, please? I'm dying over here. I want to talk about Kadarius Toney, What about Danny Shelton, Josh? What about Danny Shelton? The other thing I was was either going to make it about Kadarius Toney or I was going to say that the Chiefs apparently have less love for Danny Shelton than I do because I am desperate to see that man on a football field wearing red. But uh, I'm not holding my breath anymore. I just would like to see it soon, please. That's all. (laughs) <laughs> oh god <laughs> now we should talk about Canarius tony man uh, as you mentioned obviously mccall hardman did not play in this game he was out of practice all week with an abdominal issue of some sort i think they might have soreness may have been the word i don't know i'm i'm not not a doctor and i won't play one on this podcast today but Canarius tony we, we we had the conversation a little bit i think towards the end of of uh thursday's episode wondering what his workload might be without hardman out there if that was to be the case well, he ends up, yes, veggie-tailing his way to a touchdown down the sideline. That was incredible. Um, the closest I've gotten on this one, by the way, is Caratius Tony. It's not great. If anyone wants to send in more veggie-tail name um, puns for Gadarius <laughs> Tony, I'm definitely listening. Yes. I don't love Caratius Tony, but I'm. that's where I'm starting the bidding, okay? That's the, that's the starting bid. Please do better than I did. But... He ends up going four for 57 and the touchdown. He's involved in the running game as well as a 32 yard run on the ground. Um, Seth, you've hopped in on the film review side of this. He moves like a video game character. And uh, this one for me, I it took two games for me to move my uh, my barometer for what I was expecting slash hoping from Kadarius Tony this year. And it is higher than it was one week ago. And it's higher than it was uh, at the day of the trade. Certainly. Yeah. Um. You know, it's kind of funny. So two weeks in to see Tony have that kind of day that was for some people, even kind of optimistic people, kind of like, uh, well, you know, what's his ceiling to help the offense, right? Is to create some yards, you know, make some crazy moves, that kind of thing. Um, Kind of, you know, McCole Hardman plus, right? Although I, I would say, you know, with Hardman, he gets a bad rap. So, but it would be easy for me to go down that rabbit hole. But people hear you say things like McCole Hardman plus, and they're like, oh no. But it's like, no, 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 no. McCole Hardman's really good at some things. And if you're McCole Hardman plus, I don't know, ball skills down the field or running through contact on routes, now we're cooking with gas. And that's like, because there's a lot of players in the NFL that are valuable role players. And if you took them and added one more thing, they would be excellent, excellent players. Because it's hard to be a great player in the NFL, right? You can be really good at some things, but you got to be really good at a lot of things. And it's just interesting to me to see two weeks into his career with the Chiefs. And you got to stop hitting your desk, man. You got to stop hitting your desk. I was going to mention it the next time you did, but you've, you've really been pounding that desk today. And I love the, <laughs> the energy, but I'm worried about the sound quality. Oh, have I really? You've been uh, really hitting, really thumping that, thumping that, uh, that, that podium today. Oh, wow. I did not so even this realize is a real, that. This is a real Andy Reid Wednesday energy you got. Oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize like a guy that. who's in radio broadcasting. That's a, that's a radio. That's a radio. <laughs> Come on, Andy. Stop doing it. Please, Andy, please. No, I genuinely did not realize that. I was going to try to not interrupt you when you did it, but you were on a real roll. Yeah. Um, Back to the action. Yes. And so I'll go to valuable players. Um, 
I, now we, I, I knew I was going to throw off your, your train of thought. Now I feel no, like no, I no, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's really hard to be really good in the NFL. And so really to, hard to do really good podcasts. <clears throat> it's all different. so just two games into his time with the Chiefs. <clears throat> I find it interesting to see him doing things that we were kind of hoping he would be doing in January. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and some of it, he was pressed into service. You know, it wasn't. I don't think I think he saw some extra snaps with Juju being out. Obviously, he saw some extra snaps with Hardman being out. You know, that's just kind of how it goes, obviously, in reverse order, because Hardman was out the whole game. Um, and he saw a pretty heavy target share while he was in. Um, and I think, you know, with a week to prepare, if Juju's out this week, which I'm sure he will be in, especially if Hardman's out, I think you're going to see an even higher target share. Hey, Sky Moore, here's your shot. You know what I mean? To, like, kind of redeem yourself a little bit from... To, to block for Kadarius Tony downfield? <laughs> to to demonstrate the traits that helped him succeed in college that had us excited about him. After watching Christian Watson suddenly blow up, mm-hmm. people can understand this hey, stuff takes time. Hey, hey, hey dog. Look who, who was who was smiling the most in the Chiefs press box writing a little story last night. <laughs> he caught another one. I told you guys. Oh, it took us 10 weeks, but I, I was right one night. <laughs> you, you were, you were, Nate. Um, and, and it just, you know, Sky Moore's similar position, small school, and he's buried. He, unlike Christian Watson, Sky Moore doesn't play by default in right. Kansas City because you're playing behind multiple guys. So the thing with Tony, though, I mean, to see him, it, it, I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase this. Kansas City's offense creates opportunities. Uh, especially with some of the stuff that they do with Hardman that they've done with Hill for years. they get, It gives you some cheap opportunities on these jet sweep actions, on these quick wide receiver screens, on some of these RPO slant looks. They have some times where you get free opportunities to be one-on-one in space. Um, like, let's say, you know, Mahomes rolls out on a jet sweep action and you get the ball in the flat with one defender in front of you. That's a free opportunity. What different players do with that opportunities is different. Some players, they manage to, you know, grind out, you know, seven or eight yards out of it. Some players make the first guy miss and get 15 yards out of it. And some guys do what Tony did. And the the, the spin, and you obviously know what play I'm talking about. This is the one that everyone probably remembers from the game. Either that or the catch down the It's field. so, real quick, Seth, I, reading this story before the show today, I made a mental note to make sure that we talked about your assumption there. I That was absolutely the third of three plays that wow. I was thinking of with Kadarius Tony Behind the touchdown, partially just because it was hilarious. Yes. And the sideline, which we'll talk about. But yes. I just... It's so good that he had three legit contenders, and none of those were the the thirty yard run. Yep. Yeah, and none of those are the thirty yard run on, on a jet sweep action. So, like, this is just where he gets the ball in the flat, and he's got a defender in front of him, and he is just exceptional at making. If you if he's one on one in space with one defender, it's a mismatch, regardless. It's of just the a miss. Period. Yeah. Well, and the great thing here is the way he made this defender miss, he absorbs some contact. He yeah. is he is water. 
And that's how I described it. There's some guys who can keep running and bend their body to absorb contact. I'm not making a player to player comparison here, but one reason Jamal Charles was able to shake so many tackles while being a smaller back one, he was stronger than he got credit for, which Tony is as well, but yep. he also had such great bounce through contact and he could bend his body around contact to where it just didn't hit him as hard. You were not well, like, like Pacheco drives and he runs hard, but when he gets hit, he gets hit. Like he's not water. He is another brick wall running into this brick wall and <laughs> one of a, them wins. He's a, he's a, he's a sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah. He's a sledgehammer and it works. And he's another guy we could talk about who had a really good game, but with Tony, he can, he's stronger than he looks because he's not a tiny receiver. He's a small receiver. He's not a tiny one, but he can absorb the contact, run around it. And that was a great, you know, first play there. And he's got the burst to get up the sideline. Those are two like, okay, we're, we've got something here, right? Hey, I've the, watched this loop like 20 times earlier. And also again, now mnchiefsfan.substack.com, the newsletter, this one, this one's unlocked for everybody because Seth hates money and the gifts are incredible. <laughs> If Sky Moore sticks with his block here, does Kadarius Tony score? I think he might. I think I think Moore thought that he ran out of bounds. He thought the play was over. Over, I'll tell you yeah, what. He, he stopped. He yeah, just stopped. Tell you what, I'm not looking to pile on the rookie, but if he hasn't figured out that when you're in a Chiefs uniform, the offensive play is never over, yeah. that actually kind of makes me mad because there's, this might have yeah. been a 70-yard touchdown. There's and, and it would have been tough because even if Moore keeps driving there, although he's in, a, he's in position, if he drives there, the guy's flashing his helmet to the outside, so it's probably just another three or four yards. Yards, maybe, but, but given what he had down the just, sideline, are you kidding me? Given what he had just done to two defenders, <laughs> I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, anyway, that's not the most important part. I just didn't yeah. realize that until like the twentieth loop of the play. Yeah, and the spin is what's the crazy. spin move is. is that's real. where it's a video game. Arrow, move. It's video game stuff. Oh. Arrowhead went oh, like I mean that was, <laughs> and then even the way he uses Moore's block afterwards. Yeah. He, to gain a few extra yards there to kind of fake in, go out. He really has genuinely extraordinary movement skills that are just weird and unique. And because the Chiefs offense creates opportunities, and he's a guy who not just maximizes those opportunities, but he like, there, there's there's plus there. There's elite ability, ability with the with the ball in his hands. It's a terrific fit. And that's if you leave out all the other stuff he showed in just um, one game. Patrick said yesterday that he doesn't feel the need to force it. Now, that is, there's two ways to look at this. It's, hey, I don't need to force it because I have legitimately 10 weapons mm-hmm. on a given day who could do something for me and the team to move the ball forward to get into the end zone. It also demonstrates to me that he has all the power now. No more of this getting to the huddle and telling me what to do. I'm going to sit here in silence to expand on that more, just so you know. Patrick Mahomes has already proven himself to be the leading MVP candidate through 10 weeks. And if you're open, you get the ball. And that was the way the offense was supposed to be designed when this all really began in the offseason. The idea that Travis Kelsey, who I'm kind of extending this to, can say, 
I'm going to run about five routes today that don't really include me. And I'm going to run them hard. And I'm going to attract all this gravity so that Noah Gray succeeds, so that Marquez Valdez Scantless succeeds, so that they don't even look at Cardarius Tony, even though, like, we're yeah. all just, you know, like mind boggling athleticism and, and dynamic traits. But, like, he, like, this is it. He's the best quarterback on third down. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the red zone. He's one of the best quarterbacks outside the pocket. Mm-hmm. Run the play. Be available for me. You can do something. And now he's even more, I think, assured. Because this is the fastest he has ever developed chemistry with someone. And that is saying something, given that, yes, Tyreek Hill used to be on the team. And yes, his first, I would like to say, official pass in the NFL was a RPO slant that went to the crib. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That took took a year. That took a whole year. And they used it wisely because he was a rookie and they they could use that. And he had a whole training camp. Kadarius Tony's been here less than a month, and he's like, see, see. So it further, I think, proves his thought process and how much the team has sort of invested and trusted in him in terms of how the offense will move going forward. But it also demonstrates to the other nine playmakers, including McCall Hardman, who will come back, including Juju Smith Schuster, that like, I will, I will make it work. Just do it the right way. And no one needs to come to me to prove a point. I think what's really cool about all that, in as, along with kind of some of the, I think some of the implications that I don't think we need to necessarily go into, I think one of the cool things about that is you have arguably the greatest pass catching tight end to ever live in that huddle. And you know, it's still not like that. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like to where, you know, you'll see Kelsey clap his hands in frustration if he was open, but like, I mean, he's always done that. But like, when you think about what that means to have Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes in that huddle. And if you're a new dude who comes in and you see Travis Kelsey, isn't like, Hey man, Pat, you got to feed me. And it's Travis Kelsey who whatever receiver you are has had more yards and catches and touchdowns than you over the last five years. Yep. And, unless like who comes into, I don't, is there anyone that could come into the huddle that that would be different? And he, and he's doing that. He's like, Oh yeah, no, let's get these guys open. My, my guy, Noah Gray got open because I ran my route hard. Like he was celebrating that last week. Like, it, it, there tends to be some buy-in there, and that is really interesting. And then maybe that's how you end up with situations where Kadarius Tony is so open, but the naked entire, open. Oh, people were screaming at Mahomes. Look right, look right. Like we as a society need to figure out exactly one thing to scream at Mahomes in that moment. Like, like so, everyone's yelling the same thing at once, so it's not just noise. Because wouldn't it be cool? If, if let's say that same play happened and all of Arrow had, had decided in advance to say, you know, Tony, right, sideline, <laughs> just like all at once. 
well, on, the, on the touchdown, Mahomes said he heard Tony yell at him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he said it was like the fifth read on that plate. He was working through and he and he heard him, he said. Oh, I remember that. I heard that. I was listening to this great post game show driving back. I wish you would have listened to my post game show instead, but whatever. <laughs> which, but which, yeah. by, which, by the way, Josh, I mean, I'm going to have to get to it towards the end. But the cuttings in Buffalo were just oh. fantastic. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Shout out to the Drake. They're, uh, like, yeah, that game was. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. The Chiefs have the number one seed in the AFC again. Yeah. No biggie. That's how yep. that happened. Yeah, in a rebuilt year. Um, yeah. That some people say. Um, you know, so or retooling year is probably the better, uh, the better phrase. But yeah, like just just the idea, Josh, that we could go to West, like go go to Northern New York and just let's <laughs> let you know. I just this is where it gets into the nerd factor, and that's fine because I think some things are more enjoyable a second and a third time. It's like music in a lot of ways, like. You know, you listen to a song and it kind of moves you, but like you get a greater sense, you get a greater appreciation for how it all comes together. I know the result in my car <laughs> after spending time trying to put whatever the hell that was together, <laughs> which I basically explained. Uh, I explained to Skylar Berg, one of the chief's interns in the communication public relations staff. I said, well... You know, Skylar, this is why they pay you, because <laughs> they were supposed to win by 10. They won by, and this is based on the betting line, they won by 10. Mm-hmm. And now what? Like, what? what is, you know, what is, um, and it was weird, obviously, so I gotta, I gotta, like, acknowledge that to some degree, but to, to just drive home and just hear you say, we're going back to Buffalo because the game's still being played. <laughs> What's excellent. And of course, you know, reliving that game in an audio medium versus, you know, the visual that we normally get. Um, but yes, knowing the end result and then, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to end the show with an apology because my goodness. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, we got a Nate apology loading. Right? That's exciting. I... I, I before we get off Tony, and I don't know how much more we want to talk about him. I could talk about him for the rest of the hour, but we probably shouldn't. Yeah, I just <laughs> want to point out two things about him because I mentioned like all that stuff that we saw in just the one play, right? And we've seen him move like that already previously. Those, those are the obvious things that he flashed. Um, and the, the great catch down the field, right? The ball skills there. That's something I wrote about when they signed him. I was like, I didn't expect him to have the kind of ball skills that he does, like the ability to track and adjust to the ball in the air and strong hands, like attacking at the highest point. He really, he showed that last year with the Giants in limited opportunities. I And, and he showed it in college too. I'm not sure. I don't think this is a mistake. So when you're looking for things like the whole idea of Hardman plus, right? That's not really McCole Hardman's game. It's just not. That That's a skill like anything else. And that's one of the plus things, right? Ball skills, which, by the way, makes you a better down the field threat because you might adjust. Here's something really cool. I want to point out two things. And this is what they're both in the article on that jet sweep. When he's running behind Kelsey, he slows down. Mm-hmm. And you might think, well, Seth, that's terrible. He slowed down. No, it's awesome because he just slowed down and ran the exact speed. The runner in front, the blocker in front of him was running. Because, and just fast enough to stay away from the guys behind him and just kept that blocker between him and 
uh, him and the defender all the way down the field until there were no longer options. That's a second level instinct thing that tons of guys don't have. The other thing, when you watch that, that, that catch down the field, great ball skills, right? I mean, he jumps, catches at the highest point. When you watch his hands as the ball comes in, he doesn't start reaching up for the ball until it's almost there and he's ready to start his jump. Yep. And because of that, the defender couldn't even know the ball ha, was coming. Has no idea. Yep. That's that's veteran receiver stuff. That is don't flash your hands to the last second. The, like he he shows not just this freakish ability with the ball in his hands, but you see the raw materials for oh wait a minute. Like really good ball skills, really good hands. That with ordinary route running with with his level of speed and quickness creates a good receiver, like a really good one. And that's before you factor in the freakish ability with the ball in his hands. It really was, it was an interesting game. And we'll see, I'm expecting like a two steps forward, one step back kind of process here. But it also looked like there were a lot, I wasn't following Twitter that closely during the game. It's probably why I enjoyed it so much. Hmm. Um, But there were a few people who cover the league that were like, Yep, the league just gave the Chiefs Tony. That's great. And I think we're going to be seeing more of that in the coming weeks. If now, there was... Uh, right. If he can stay healthy, and I if think also... Healthy. I think also that that sideline pass, I, I, I think that's my one, if I get to pick. Because one thing you didn't mention, I'm sticking to my analogy on this one. It, he, he came down with the ball, like when you know you have your Tetris piece where you want it to be. <laughs> and you can just hit down and it'll just drop it like where it goes faster than gravity and then the gravity of the game. I just everything about that play surprised me. Every his <laughs> his adjustment, his elevation, his hands, adjusting his gloves mid rep uh, and then going up and getting it, bringing it back down and just just playing with Jupiter gravity all of a sudden to get his feet in in like a total no sweat way. I just maybe it was because I didn't know he had that. Mm-hmm. The spin move was incredible, but if you said Canarius Tony's got a spin move that'll make you shout to the heavens, I'd, I would have believed you. Here, I, I didn't know he had all that. Here's yep. the question, though, Josh. Did the Giants know he had all that? I don't know. Because again, because again, like how many, how many, how many quarterbacks could do this? Like right. that's a good point. Many, that's a good point. Was there ever a quarterback willing to, to make him do that? Yes. How yeah, many quarterbacks point. can do this? Like I, and this was like the biggest takeaway I had from the game, and it's what I ended up writing, which is just like, this is not the same offense as the one I saw on opening day, and they scored forty on opening day, right? But this offense is different, and yet more balanced, and yet has more weapons now than it did in the start of this season, and obviously more connections between those players and the quarterback. And by the way, like. We might have RB1 for the first time all year, like yep. kind of announced to close games when the other team knows you're ready the football. That was awesome. Let's go ahead and, and move into the backfield because, Seth, uh, when you said, oh, there are, you know, some people around the league tweeting out, oh, I can't believe what the Chiefs get that guy. I remember hearing that uh, pretty late in the evening in uh, April of 2020 uh, around Clyde Edwards-Elair. 
and that time I didn't buy it. And I'm going to go ahead and buy the Canarius Tony hype because this seems more fun on this side of history. Uh, I The dynamicism was was a blast. But this is a weird one for the running back rotation. Even if we read all the signs for what was coming, this isn't what I expected. Um, Isaiah Pacheco in this game gets 16 carries, 82 yards. Uh, and then Jarek McKinnon gets a single carry. He was uh, way up there in snap counts, though. It, it basically felt like on first and second downs, Pacheco was out there. And on third downs, it was McKinnon, which is funny because we had conversations about Ronald Jones um, doing some of that with with Clyde being the first and second down guy this offseason. I remember yep. those those conversations yeah. feeling like we were really onto something. Pacheco showing up certainly changed the math. Um, but then Clyde edwards Elaire gets no carries and I believe four total snaps with two targets in that game. Um, after the game, Reed talked about, you know, getting Pacheco and uh, all of that work. And obviously they've been trusting McKinnon. He said that that having Clyde get no carries was not by design. Um, and on some level, I believe him. I would also say, though, if the design of these last couple of weeks has been we trust Jarek McKinnon and we want Isaiah Pacheco to get the ball more often, then that design does have a mandatory uh, follow-up action to go along with that because you don't have infinite carries. And the Chiefs were more effective, by the way. Didn't run the ball a lot more than they did, um, much to Eric Bieniemy's concrete's chagrin. <laughs> um, but they ran it more effectively in this game with Pacheco being the main guy. I, you guys unpack it. Seth, you've got a little less time on your uh, on the remaining of your your day here. So why don't you tell me what you were seeing there from uh, from in the stadium and then Nate try to explain to us what the Chiefs are doing there. Uh, I would just note that part of it is, you know, the Titans just outplayed them last week Yep. because no one ran the ball effectively. Um, but they, they, they were blocking better. And sometimes it really is that simple. And that's you know, and to your point when much when you had your your significant amount of chagrin back in that April of 2020, it was the idea is you're so reliant on your run blocking as a runner unless you're Jamal Charles. And no one is like, you know, Except no for one, Canarius Tony, like you what said. About, what about Barry Sanders, man? What about yeah, Barry yeah, Sanders? Yeah, you know, he's always comes with the caveat. Yes, obviously Barry, but I'm, I Who will didn't stump blocks. At times. I will stump <laughs> Jamal Charles every chance I get. But and so that's a problem. And so they were they were blocking better. They were hitting some of those inserts and polls that they just weren't hitting against the Titans. Um, I would be willing to bet, and I haven't gone back and looked specifically, but that I'm going to find Trey Smith sticking a few more of those polls, right? Yeah. And that's just I, that's just such a big part of it. But also, he made some really nice cuts working with what he had. And he runs hard. He explodes fast up the field. And he seems to, by and large, oh at least the last three God. or four weeks, he seems to be going to the right spot. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my guy Paul Gutierrez from ESPN.com quote just had a conversation <laughs> with Raiders owner Mark Davis on Josh McDaniel's status. Oh, thank God. I thought this was going to be Chiefs news. I wasn't ready. Quote This is from Mark Davis, son of Al Davis. Quote People in today's world want instant gratification. Son, that sounds like your father. <laughs> all right continuing the quote the guys coached nine games we're two and seven uh-huh uh-huh yeah uh-huh with you so far yep <laughs> not the results we're looking for but at the same time we've lost six games where we've had the ball with the chance to win at the end yeah uh-huh yeah and we're he, aware, he, dude. and uh he, he an offensive coach right 
right? He's not one of these <laughs> Brendan Staley types. <laughs> uh, Paul says, I asked uh, Mark Davis about the, quote, dreaded vote of confidence, end quote. And he laughed, saying, quote, I give him the full vote of confidence when I sign him to a contract to be the coach of the Raiders, end quote. His final quote from Mark Davis is, quote, Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> just wanted to re- just, you know, I figure Chiefs fans probably wanted to wanted to hear that. Well, um, look, yeah, I think we can all agree that this offseason was really all about the, the Raiders burning it down to the foundation and rebuilding Rome. That's definitely the vibe I got when they traded for Devontae Adams, who I believe is 30. With, with some first round picks attached to it. Yeah, man. Then they gave him a massive like they honestly like they're they they were one of three teams that were just all in, baby. 2022 was the year of the rest of the AFC West. And yeah, Mont Adams is almost 30 now. Christmas now because, Eve, baby. Now, because I I interrupted um, Trey can uh, excuse me. Dang, there's so many names in my head. Seth, can I read you a quote from Trey Smith from the I would love to hear a quote from Trey yesterday? Smith. Oh, yeah. To, to further circle back to your point. This is a quote from Trey Smith. You're probably going to read it at some point in a website called theathletic.com. Trey Smith from the locker room says, quote, he's tough and resilient. I love playing with Pac, man. The energy he brings. It's infectious. It's something that def- that definitely affects us as offensive linemen. When you see a guy working their butt and they're working for that extra yard. It makes you want to block harder. It's definitely something that inspires us. End quote. Hmm. Seth, what that sound like? That sounds like Trey Smith likes blocking for Isaiah Pacheco. It sounds like a better vote of confidence than what Mark Davis gave for Josh McDaniels. <laughs> it's I we just we just asked him about. Hey, what'd you think about Isaiah Pacheco today? Say that give him the his, ball. That, that was his quote. Keep yep. giving this man the ball. Yep. And, you know, that's the funny thing is, I mean, if if Smith, because they rely on Smith for a lot of the polling stuff that they do for one reason or another, because and I'm assuming just with the way that, you know, you got one side of the line basically sealing off the other side, you know, you bring the pulling guard and they want Orlando Brown's side to be the one sealing guys off. Right. That's why it's more often Trey Smith than Joe Tooney being the puller because Joe Tooney's great at it. If Trey Smith plays well in the run game, the Chiefs run the ball well overall. But Pacheco seems to maximize it. And they just, they, they, they are a problem when they're clicking on the cylinders they were Sunday. Really, the only reason they didn't score more points is because they could not stop turning the ball over. Like, what is it, four times? That is a that is an three, offensive number three, of times. Three turnovers. Turn the ball over. Th- three turnover margin minus three, one by ten. I suppose, that, well, but if you include the uh, the the onside, the onside, kick. The onside kick, sure. Yeah, stolen possession. Yeah, yeah. They they gave up four possessions in a in a league where you normally have like ten possessions, eleven possessions a game. They gave up almost like half of another game, and they still hung twenty seven. Should have been twenty eight. Like it, it was just. They, their offense looked way better than how the final score was because, you know, you, you fumble in the red zone and then you fumble. Fortson's fumble. I love Jody Fortson, but dang it. La, um, la, 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 la. Yeah. It sure is crazy that the Chiefs had a ghost fumble a kickoff. That's weird because <laughs> I didn't see a person ever have the ball. I, the ref screwed that one up, man. I should have a Chiefs ball. They never touched it. Seth, they had 10 possessions. 
10. Fumble, yeah. touchdown, punt, touchdown, punt, touchdown, fumble, touchdown, interception, end of game. Yeah. And that and that pick, I, I know um I know Greg Olson did some analysis on it that that he doesn't really think that was necessarily on Mahomes as much. I knew that was a pick the second he threw it. It so, was a lollygag play. Yeah, that's that a lollygagging. He, he said he had some sort of PG thirteen way of describing it. I might have just been I don't remember. You might remember Nate what what Mahomes said about it, but he he was more critical of of it than he was on the. Uh, let's go back to the pick that was Sky Moore's fault. Mm-hmm. Just by but just by Mahomes' way of talking about it, I thought he felt like that was at least mostly on him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, it, it could have been worse. There there were worse interceptions thrown in well, the NFL so, yesterday. So I can't think of I can't think of any. Um, tell me this thing, guys, because I know I know that that Seth, you're on a time crunch and we're hitting the end of the show anyway, but we haven't talked about the defense at all, which we probably should because they played really good football and the offensive line we just mentioned there in the running game. But like, hey, you guys hear much about the Jags Josh Allen yesterday? Because I heard more about the other Josh Allen yesterday, which I think is probably a good sign that we should maybe go ahead and say Orlando Brown Jr. is not the worst left tackle in football. We should probably go ahead and just settle that in. Courageous. I know. Thank you. Well, if you've been on Chiefs Twitter lately, it might be. Um, In the meantime... Andrew Riley goes out with an elbow injury. Prince Tega Wanogo shows up and is promptly forgettable, which I mean as a tremendous compliment for yeah. a backup right tackle. Yes. I was I was watching him for the next drive, and then I forgot to watch him the next time out because nothing happened. Um, so I'm I'm curious if you guys how you guys would would bring the day together for the offense because we've talked about some very very good things, but also 27 points and and all those punts and the turnovers you just mentioned in there, plus the the, the free possession at the beginning. It, it wasn't an overwhelming offensive day. Well, not everything was super easy, but it seems like we've been pretty positive on it so far. So I, I want to know how you parse that. And then I do want to give the defense at least a couple of minutes of, of honest evaluation. Sure. Um, I would just say that it's worth noting that, man, I'm, I'm by the way, I'm going through Orlando Brown snaps right now, just looking one after another after another. And, and the non-Buffalo Josh Allen did not have a good time against him, at least That's so what far. what I was but, seeing. Yeah. Yeah, it just, I mean... And maybe Brown's healthy now. I don't know. But I would note with some of the punts, you know, Kadarius Tony and Jeff Allen tweeted about this during the game. It's like, Tony, I used to them no Kadarius looks. Kadarius Tony didn't tweet about it during the game. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jeff <laughs> Allen yeah, tweeted about this. He said, Kadarius Tony ain't used to those no-look passes because Tony yeah. had a drop that affected a drive. Um, and MVS had a drop that affected a drive. Where, you know, some of the punts, you, you saw some of that, or it was more self-inflicted. I wouldn't say there were a lot of drives where the Jags stopped them. And so I think Is that's that why... Is that not concerning in itself, though? Oh, hey, quick cross-promo. Uh, you know what I listened to today? Had a wonderful time listening to Mitchell Schwartz on the Athletic Football Show. Yeah. Uh, breaking down the week. And and they, they saved the Chiefs up till the very end. Here's just a taste of it. You should go listen to it. It's really excellent. Mitch is great. Um he he said that that he was a little bit a little bit worried about the Chiefs because it's I can't remember the exact word he used was but it was basically sloppy. It, he even mentioned the coin toss like the the little the little self inflicted mistakes because I I hear you Seth I don't I never felt like the Jags were were beating the Chiefs offense but whenever the Chiefs lose a crusher in the playoffs we're not, I don't think we're gonna say they just got handled by the NFC team that they met in the Super Bowl or some AFC South gremlin. I think we're going to say the Chiefs beat themselves. We say that all the time. Yeah. So I don't know. If, does that, that doesn't come to worry you out of this game? You know, it's just something that I've really come to accept about the Chiefs DNA over the course of the last couple of years. 
Like yeah. once once they've kind of perfected things around Mahomes, and really with even the team that they've beaten, the more comfortable the pieces have gotten around him, is the teams don't beat the Chiefs. If they get stopped, now it, there's some differences. Like the Bills played a good game against them, but there was some self-inflicted stuff there too. I, I would just say I'm worried about the special teams more than I am about the offense. Oh. Because yeah, sure. this was another Ooh. special teams game where you're like, really? And, and there were multiple. I mean, this is the second game where the special teams has taken points off the board. Yeah. And that's 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 concerning. I've just seen Dave, I, I've seen I've seen the Chiefs special team under Dave Tao. It always seems to come around. And so I think I've like developed like kind of like, okay, well, Tony's returning punts now. He's clearly very comfortable with it, like adjusting <laughs> to the ball in the air. He also he also just decided he wanted to live the John Snow. Uh, yes. You know, standing up to the Calvary. He's gift. comfortable tracking the ball off the ground, too. Good Lord. And he bought them like six yards with it. But I was like, good God, man. It's not that important. Like, I kind of liked I, it. I, 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 I no, think he's he got something too to prove. Much fun. No, he yeah. he's got something to prove. That dude. Yeah, like, he wanted he wanted the ball in his hands. He didn't know how many times he was gonna get it. So like, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, I see six yards and I'll get hit. Sure, like, yep. Maybe and, don't do that in your fourteenth game, but game two, I'm I, I like it. I kind of do. Um, and so I, I'm not that worried about it. I'm worried about the special teams, but just because I've seen so many years, um, some of those things happen and just get locked up by the end of the season, that I'm not that worried about it. Um, because there was enough of it with special team stuff and, you know, drops are drops. Sometimes they're just going to happen. So I, I should be more worried, but I'm not, I have to go here in a minute. I know you guys are going to talk about the defense and Nate's, I'm sure going to have something better than I did to say about that. I just want to say George Karloftis cannot stop impacting games without getting sacks. And it would really, it really make me feel better if he collected a couple. It was great seeing Carlos Dunlap. He kind of doing his thing. He's been pretty steady. Yep. But also, and I'll, I'll leave you guys with this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give my thoughts, and I'm gonna hang up and listen. I love. Uh, it. I'll just be listening later on. Just end it with great show, guys, and I'll, I'll feel right at home. Yes. <laughs> or, or end it with okay show, guys, and I'll feel right at yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris Jones deserves to be the, in the defensive player of the year conversation because he just, well, he just does. He is one of the best five defensive players in the NFL. He is by far the best player on his team on, on the defensive side of the ball. And he just, he ends drives. And if it's not him doing it, it's, it's the quarterbacks running for his life away from Chris Jones and someone else does it. And it's just so much fun to watch. And I'm just, I'm just excited. So with that, Thanks, Seth. Seth in Minnesota here live on Times Ours. Nate, your thoughts? Um, Seth's really on to some good points here, and I'll just I'll just add a couple, uh, Josh, because you know, it's now been uh proven through the service that is Pro Football Focus. I'm just I'm just providing the information, guys. Say it. Yes, I hope I know what this is. I gotta guess. That George Karloftis is a leader among all rookie pass rushers in pressures this season. That surprises me. That's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. And, and so, um, Carlos Dunlap even said yesterday that, that yes, eventually soon keep working at it. Young fella. Uh, the moment will come for, for George Karloftis. Um, yeah. I mean, 
we haven't talked about Trent McDuffie again. I, I sort yeah. of intimated that this would be another step uh, for him because, you know, Christian Kurt, you know, Zay Jones more competent receivers than the Tennessee Titans uh, currently have on their roster. Mm-hmm. And he played really well. Um, he's such a smooth defender is probably the best way that I can describe it. Um, but no, from, from, from the special team side of it, this is just who Harrison Bucker is. We're just going to all have to accept it. And I don't like look that. for, look for improvement elsewhere. Cause I don't, I just don't know if he'll be fully healthy at any point, the remainder of the season. And, uh, if the Chiefs score five touchdowns against the Chargers, one of them is going to be a missed extra point. You know, like you can just, you can probably just mark that. Uh, I don't know how he'll do in the, in the, it'll be, you know, in SoFi, obviously it'll be in a controlled setting. There won't be um, much wind uh, than there is an arrowhead, but we didn't see him kick field goals yesterday, but in pregame, it looked a bit shaky at times, Josh. Okay. And I don't think I can name three guys who block well on special teams. Huh. Interesting. So Dave Tobe's all about applying pressure to the coverage team from a return standpoint. I mean, we can, I guess we'll see if Kandarius Tony can make something out of nothing. If he can do a updated version of Dante Hall, but these guys cannot block well. And with Chris Lammons being in the concussion protocol, likely not to play against the Chargers, I don't know if the coverage is going to be any better. I mean, I guess we're counting on Dion Bush, Leo Chanel, who, by the way, credit to you, sir. You played a lot better against the Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. And like Jack Cochran, these are the special team stars of the season. And that is a far cry from previous years. Uh, I just want to also mention that Chris Jones was just a man possessed, and that's not new. It just also happened, as we've all talked about now. I just would have felt so dirty getting to the end of this show, not having mentioned how good Chris Jones was in that game. Uh, And then also, I'll go ahead and and also mention, um, although the rotation wasn't exactly what I expected it to be, I, I think the snap count... Um, Joshua Williams has jumped back over Jalen Watson, at least in usage against the Jags. I don't know if that was adjusting to the slot. I think Justin Reed was in the slot some, and that was the place where the Jags were having some success. But all that together, as you said, (laughs) off-season jokes notwithstanding, a receiving core of Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, and Christian Kirk, that, that those are three guys you have to cover, which I'm not yep. sure I could have said about the Jags last, or the, the Titans last week. Exactly. It's not the Bills, right? It's not the Bills or the or the uh, the Vikings or anything. But like you know, a real test for those guys. They held up pretty well, um, with a few exceptions. You'll take 17 points. That's that's fine. And the running yeah. defense, which we uh, have talked about sparingly, because it's not the most important part of it, frankly. But once again. You have Travis Etienne who comes into this game doing nothing but running, rushing for 100 yards and scoring a touchdown. And the Chiefs just made him a totally forgettable part of that offense. Um, we said this last week around the Titans. The big plays are the only thing that really hurt the Chiefs on the ground against Tennessee. There were no big plays on the ground from Travis Etienne. His longest run of the day was 10 yards, 11 for 45. One of them went 10. That's a great unit. Um, and now Colin Saunders has claimed the CEO title of Stuff Nation. And uh, I like that, so I'm uh, I'm I'm co-signing that that front. I I feel pretty good about the Chiefs' defense. I mean, there there are elements of 
uh, the front four that I'm terrified of still. I, I wish this team had another edge rusher who just could could single-handedly make something happen. Um, but even like Saunders' sack was very clearly the, the benefit of, of Chris yeah. Jones getting double teamed. Yes. He, all he does is get double teamed or get sacks. So <laughs> I that is the part of the defense that, that still gives me a little bit of pause. But overall, Chris Jones playing like Chris Jones can make that whole unit better. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and this this is you're kind of saying the same thing that my dad said earlier, uh, Josh. You know, he texted me earlier today because you know uh, I think most people know he he rewatches the games uh, like <laughs> like you know like we do basically. Um, and he texted me and he's like, I he, he texted me and said, I I never thought our defense would be this good <laughs> this year. Like, yeah. you know, with the, with obviously the ten draft picks and most of them being on defense and. You know, yeah, you added one guy, one legitimate guy, Justin Reed, and um, I think I think steady is a perfect word for Carlos Dunlap based on his role and his amount of snaps. But like, you know, that's where the retooling was supposed to be most evident um, when it came to this twenty twenty two campaign for the Chiefs. Like, hey, the offense they should receive the benefit of the doubt because of Mahomes, because of the enemy, because of Reed. But like. It might be a real retool year based on the defense. And they're one of the wildest statistical uh, evaluations, Josh, because it's like they give up yards, but they also don't give up points. Or if they give up points, it's not in an embarrassing fashion, at least so far in the season. So they're not a top 10 defense, but they're also not a bottom 10 defense. But like look at any metric of the Chiefs defense and it's kind of hard to like piece together who they are mostly because you know Billy Gay was out four weeks Frank Clark's been out uh, you're depending on a lot of rookies to blossom over the course of the season um, but hey we projected them together both of us we projected them to hold the Jaguars 17 points they were smart they held them to 17 points so uh I don't know what we got up our sleeves on Thursday, <laughs> but but yeah, the, the Chiefs defense was really not a part of the weirdness at all. It was only special teams offense and the Jags being like, well, we're supposed to lose anyway, so why do we have to give them the ball first? <laughs> okay, so you just you just reminded me of this. I didn't even really fully do this. I may do this a little bit on post game. Here's my final thought, Mister Doug Peterson. I appreciate you listening or whoever sent you this clip. I'm grateful for it because I have some questions. <laughs> you open the game with an onside yeah. kick. Uh-huh. The the universal sign of let's make this bleep weird. Yeah. Let's make we, this we, bleep weird for us. We get it. We know we are. We are coming in it plus nine and a half. But yep. we got some dudes over here. This game is by no means a pushover, but we know we're the underdogs. The Chiefs just did a weird thing by maybe accidentally giving us the football to start or taking the football to start. What if we take it back? All right, and it works. Okay, all right. Weird game it's territory. Gotta, it's got to be four down territory from the start, my guy. We get going into this game, and Doug Peterson could not be bribed to go for it on fourth and nothing. I I don't know. The... the I'm I'm probably skipping further down than I actually have to here because, you know, fourth and 16 after the Dunlap Jones sack, they got a punt there. The next time out, they end up going for the field goal and they they miss it. Three and out, third and long, would have been fourth and long. I get it. 
Short punt, though, not working. Clearly, the punting field position game for the, to this point has not worked for the Jags. They are down 14-0 with the football. It's fourth and a half yard. They punt. That's when Kadarius Tony scooped it up on the sidelines and got a few more yards after that. You punt on fourth and inches. And they're in their own territory, but not deeply into. This is not an in-your-own-20 situation. And then even late in the game, when the game is just about over, it happens again. Fourth and seven this time, but from smack dab midfield down 17 with 12 minutes left, they punt. It happened again midfield early. I don't remember the exact down and distance was. I'm scrolling through my notes again. Mm. How can you open the game with the unzip and then zip that thing all the way back back up up. to the bottom of your jaw as soon as the game actually starts. Like, just pick a way to live your life. Either lock it up forever or go ahead and let this thing loose. But, but Dougie P, I don't, I was confused. I was confused. And when when there's no logic, maybe that means a coach has lost the plot already. But if you can't let Trevor Lawrence, and you're, this is, this team was three and six. What are we, what are we waiting for? Why not? Why are you getting your punter extra work right now? <laughs> On fourth end, gotta have it. Punting didn't work. <sighs> oh, man. Oh. It, didn't, like, it didn't even like ruin my day. Like I wasn't pissed about it. I just right. keep looking at it going, are you sure? Because these feel easy. These are like easy when you're the losing underdog in a lost season from a playoff perspective. Mm-hmm. Who, are, who are you hiding from here? Is, is Tony is Tony Khan just Jim Ursay and Teal and I don't know it? I I don't know. I don't know. That confused me. That's my last thought, though. You've got some apologies to give, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, I'm sure we got a whole shout out uh, just into the mixtape. I mean, whatever you got, Nate, I'll, I'll say this here. <laughs> There's way more stuff from this game that we haven't covered nearly enough that has been covered up on The Athletic. There's way more on the uh, the evolution of the offense, what Canarius Tony brought to it. Nate's already got that up in The Athletic from right after the game, plus more coming the rest of the week. Seth already has his Kadarius Tony review up. That's unlocked for everybody up in the Chief in the North newsletter. That's available right now. And again, more from both these guys the rest of the week. Uh, I'm on vacation, so the only content you're going to get from me might, we'll, I don't know, we'll see. But uh, I'm not, I'll tell you what I'm not doing. These fingers aren't These fingers aren't here to type this week. We'll, we'll oh, see. These yeah. fingers are here to, to get some sun and hold a mimosa. Uh, but I, uh, I I do know we will have times ours for you later in the week as well. We'll, we'll look back a little more at this game, what, what comes up for you guys uh, in the uh, the re-reviews. Plus, of course, look ahead to a now primetime matchup with the Chargers uh, by Nate Taylor at Real MN Chiefs fan at JB Briscoe. Those are the Twitter handles. And I think that's pretty much everything. So, uh, Nate, who do you have to apologize to? First off, I want to say uh, I think there's going I think. Uh, I have a Nick Bolton feature for everybody to reach out uh, and check out later this week. So please do that if you have some time. Yeah. Uh, I found it to be pretty fascinating, like Nick Bolton as a as a part of the Chiefs defense. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the stat line. It's you, you know it's this is an appreciation through an apology. Sir, I, I I I used your name to compare you to. Oh man, Nate, you don't have to do this to Mr. Humphreys from the nineteen nineties, early nineties, lost you know San Diego Chargers. 
uh, I know that there are, were bigger heroes, you know, Patrick Peterson, Ring of Honor Chiefs inductee, yes. honorary uh, chief forever, Patrick honorary Peterson. chief, once a chief, always a chief. Oh. <laughs> I know there was Justin Jefferson who snatched literal victory from the jaws of defeat. Unbelievable, unfathomable. You you pass the ball fifty times. You threw for three fifty seven. We not even gonna talk about the two inexplicable interceptions. Not okay. All right. I thought we might, but no. Okay, we don't have to. We we ain't got to. That's all right. Kurt, you won a game I never thought you'd win, son. And, That's fair. And I'm I'm appreciative of your ball placement on the fourth and eighteen on the sideline to get you fellas in position to win the game. I can't criticize you at least for another week. And that look, I got to live with that. I got to, I got to understand who I am and Kirk cousins. Um, you went out there and, 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 and you, you got a victory that may play a significant role in the Chiefs' season moving forward. We have to sit with that. We, we absolutely just... do not have to start calling him Kirk Thuggins. Oh, God. <laughs> so... Yeah, Kurt, you beat an MVP candidate. You, 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 you did it. You did it, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry I spent all these years publicly criticizing you for your quarterback play when you were when you were better than good yesterday. Now 17. I feel better now, Josh. <laughs> <laughs>